Pete, thank you for taking this time to come here and do this with me because I've admired you for a long time. And it's been true. When I first saw you at the um, Shirogane Nursery School, was it considered nursery sure. school? International school. Yeah, International school, right? Yeah, yeah. and, you, and you look like the picture I'm going to throw up. <laughs> you had long hair, but you had it in a ponytail then. And I, I could tell from your accent, I thought you were English. And you said, no, I'm from South Africa. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You're from South Africa. Okay. You've been in Japan how long? This year will be my 30th year, actually. Okay. I arrived in 1991. Um, yeah, born and bred South African, went through school, uh, went uh, two years in the military, which we had to do during the apartheid times. Right. Um, when did apartheid end? What year was that that it ended? Uh, formally, Mandela was released in, I think, 92, one or two, and 91, I think, and uh, the new government was formed in 94 when he mm -hmm. was elected president. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the official start of the new government, 1994. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, how did it affect you? I mean, apartheid. Well, growing up in white South Africa, one just is used to things as they are, as anyone who grows up, you know, um, as Mandela said. Uh, racists are created, they're not born. So you're born into a situation and you learn things from the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, I was from the Cape, which was always accused of benefiting from apartheid by, but voting against the government, which is we were the lone uh, representative who was against, in the, in the opposition, was voted, always voted against the apartheid. Her name was Helen Sussman. She was okay. Her. So the Cape was always against it. They were always trying to make well, no, not, not really. Okay. Just trying to be a little bit less uh, racist, perhaps. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were the first virtual seekers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, 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 the rest of the country often accused the white people from the Western Cape of having the best of both worlds because they could be righteous and indignant. We don't support this government, but we still lived with all the benefits of being white in an apartheid system. Right, right, right. So, right, yeah. right. Our schools were all white, the government schools, extremely. They were you know, conditions of almost private schools. We had lovely fields for everything um, and not not a black or brown person in, in sight anyway. Mm -hmm. They all had their own schools, which had mm -hmm. dirt fields and, and, and were just... Even the, even, the, even the colored? Yeah, everyone. There was sort of... The apartheid was pretty much a divide and rule. I don't want to get into a whole political thing, okay, okay, but okay. the divide and rule. So everyone was kept separate and made to rank. So the whites were at the top. Then you probably got the... Uh, people of Indian descent, uh, Malays, okay. Muslims, and Hindus, and then you got the colored, and then you got the black, really. Okay. And, and in the Western Cape, they had this thing that was called the Labor Preference Act, where jobs were reserved for the uh, brown people, called the colored people in, mm -hmm. in the Cape, but they were sort of lighter skinned, either mixed race or descendants of the, the, the Khoi and the San people and things like that. So easily I would be a colored. Your color, yeah. I mean, but who cares? I mean, who knows, really? No, no, but I mean, I'm but saying, no. Had, yeah. I mean, in South Africa, I'd be considered colored. They would not consider me black. No, and unfortunately, in these days, it's very difficult to get anywhere in the South African um, government. Although, if some of my ANC friends will see that, they might disagree with that. Uh, you've got to be black to be in the government, really. The brown people in the Western Cape, they get they, marginalized. They, they, yeah. Right. Well, that somewhat happened to me in the U.S., too, because when I was growing up, um, as far as girls go, Oh, when yeah. I was when I was growing up, if the girls got light complected black guys, they really had to catch, yeah. and we call the guys like high yellow whatever. And they said, and we have a term kitchen. The back of your hair told the truth. If you had any white blood or Indian blood in you, okay. the hair back here would be nice and straight. Okay. If you didn't, it'd be curly. 
So girls wanted the guys with the straight hair in the area they called the kitchen. Interesting. So I was too dark to be considered for that. Okay. Then, civil rights hit. Black power. Black power. Yeah. I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. And the girls, the darker the guy, the curlier his hair back here, the more in peel he was, and I got passed over again there. You lose a so twice over. What can I say? Hey. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah. they do that. They had that system set up the in South Africa. Set up, yeah. And, and it now, it's, now it's reverse. Now it's, well, it's not reverse. It's not reverse, but it's, it's more um, like the rest of the world. It's more class now as opposed to color. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, you get idiots of all complexions, as we know. And you get good people of all complexions. You get wealthy people of all complexions. You get poor people of all complexions. Mm -hmm. It just was so much so that the, historically what was done uh, in the name of apartheid it's gonna take, you know, even in 1954, people said it's gonna take generations. So maybe it's been one generation. It's still, the equality is not there. Yeah. The white privilege abounds all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and enormous, you know, uh, corruption among, amongst wealthy people of any color, race, or persuasion. Mm -hmm. It's more magnified. It's just magnified yeah. because it doesn't mean that the people are more corrupt. It's just that they can, ex they can express it a more. And, and, and yeah. it's like they have more energy to express, express it with. Well, that's interesting because it's very <laughs> blatant. Yeah. Uh, the corruption is not hidden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any country has corruption. Right, this right. That's true. America, anyway. That's true. White South Africa. That's People right. take care of their kind. That's right, right of course. And, uh, you know, Johnson's boy, let's get him in here, that kind of thing. Still going on, but the people who are in power now don't seem to hide it at all. And at they're all. blatant and they, yeah. won't, they get found out, they won't resign. And they say, no, it wasn't me, kind of just deny and. Wait, you mean it's to tell mess. me that the president we just got through having wasn't the first to be like that? President, you're talking about Zuma, right? Um, no, the president. My country, America, just had. Oh, <laughs> that guy. Okay, I'm not going to say anything Don't about start that. there, please. Okay, let's not do he that. Not <laughs> because he's, he's doing exactly what you, he tried to do, exactly what you said they're doing, right? Exactly. That's what yeah. you said. So I'm saying, you tell me he wasn't the first? No. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Tr Trevor Noah, the comedian, I know, I know. He's, he's South African, right? When, he's South African. When Trump got in, he said, finally, my right. president's not the worst one in the world. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Wow. That's so anyway, stuff. so you went to the Air Force after that, then you decided to what? Um, and I, I realized one thing about what had been going on while I was in the Air Force with this compulsory conscription is we weren't fighting from an external uh, enemy. We were fighting the internal people. But that's what you were being told. You're led to believe. Our history books, I can still remember when the, they said the first white people, which weren't necessarily the first, but there were the Dutch people that came in the 17th century. When they arrived, there was no one there. It's like, well, you happen to have nomadic people who moved around with their cattle and came back every now and then. And when they came back, all these white guys had put up stakes and pens and said, this is our farm kind of thing. I mean, this, I'm simplifying the whole I thing. Know, but I in general, that's the, our, our history books did say that there was no one here. And it took me until in my late teens, early twenties, to find out that that's absolute bullshit. That did yeah. not, that was not the case yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and this is why I hate revisionists. Yeah. Uh, I hate revision, revising history, and, and and both ways as well. I don't like um, people trying to deny the history of Existed. racists and colonialists right. who did what they did in the time. Right, right. You know, right. or you want to me to someone who was sixteen when he did some bad behavior with a woman who, yeah, right. in a, I mean, maybe that's not PC to say, but I, I, I do feel that as well. Right, and, right. The, you know, there's this Rhodes must fall, Cecil John Rhodes. Right. We were taught were one of the heroes of South Africa. He was a racist pig, man. <laughs> he just <laughs> exploited everyone and everything. And yeah, sure. But 
to deny that he existed is wrong. Take his statue down. We'll put his statue in a museum. I get don't oh, you get the same oh, thing. I see what you said. Oh, you know, I got that, you. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Because Confederate generals in this yeah. similar to this day, that kind yeah. of thing. But you didn't you didn't you weren't raised with you had privileges, but you didn't have the privileges that most whites thought you had. Let's say the above average. You know, they, they you weren't living the life that okay, let me put it, let me do it this way. In South Africa, I was led to believe all South Africans that were white. Mm-hmm had mansions for homes. Mm. They all had a boat right there at the dock. Mm. They all drove the most expensive car that was mm. available then, mm. and they had tons of servants. Mm. Mm. That's how I envision all white South Africans. No, not at all. Um, so we were, I guess, what you I mean, that vision was wrong? That was very much wrong, yeah. Okay. There, were, there were working class white people who worked on the railways, often uh, worked as fitters and turners, uh, mechanics, things like that, which was sort of blue collar, mm-hmm. and nothing wrong with blue collar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but those jobs as uh, a black or brown person, you couldn't get them because they reserved those for the white people okay. who, didn't, who had maybe schooling up to the age of 15 or 16 or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. Um, I was in, you know, neither of my parents went to university, but um, we were sort of expected to go to university because we were in a culture which was educated and wealthy. We were at the bottom end of that, perhaps, okay. in terms of monetary wise like we my mom would sometimes you know we'd we'd go out for to eat once a week mm-hmm. but at the end of the month we'd say oh no dessert this time you know but there wouldn't be money to buy a dessert right. it's just um, three of you too you three you three, have two brothers yeah, two brothers that's correct two brothers, yeah. Yeah. and and so that kind of thing was uh, perhaps unusual um, South Africa one thing we won't know about South Africa is that I grew up without television uh, not my house the country our country, South Africa, got television in 1976. What? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows this stuff. Wait, 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 I wait. Listen wait, to the radio, man. Wait, just a minute. Wait, wait. Come on. Wait, wait. What was? Did you have any of the modern cars? Oh yeah. Okay, you had all the latest cars. Yeah, a lot of them were made in South Africa, the repurposed and with factories there that were given South African names. But because, especially during the whole of divestment, as things okay. got, you know, people didn't want to be associated. Right. But growing up in the 60s and 70s. Uh, TV was seen by the uh, South African government as, a, as a, it's going to encourage sinning. Even the people that had a money to, to be able to get it, they didn't yeah. have. No, there was no. There was no. There was no, there was no under. There was no broadcast. No signals. There was no way to be able. To <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing. When TVs first came out, they got the best of the best, of course. Again, okay. there. We were the only guys with the black and white TV. Oh, oh wow! They still have those. My friends would come and say, "No, you got to adjust the color." I said, "No, we're gonna." No, Pete, there's a color. Uh, oh, I don't know where that button is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling you, it's a black and white TV. They no, no one ever heard of it because wow. my mom wanted a TV because okay. nobody had a TV ever. Okay. But she couldn't afford a color one, so wow. so we, you know, middle class poverty. No. But you had access to all, all your friends. They didn't discriminate so much that they didn't invite you over to parties and Not you got all. to have access to their homes. Same school. We all wore uniforms you at a public school, right. uh, government school. Right. Um, there was like your fee that you had to pay and then there was the voluntary fee. And mm-hmm. I think my mm-hmm. mom didn't pay the voluntary. She just paid the fee. Okay, I got you. Okay. And then the voluntary fees covered a lot of the, the mm-hmm. benefits. And right. Like so you that. had access to wealth. So you got to, you, you got to grow up around wealth. I grew up going riding on my friend's farm going windsurfing on my friends, we're going water skiing and, and you know, having holidays, mm-hmm. um, having a black woman who had much less money than we did working for us and mm-hmm. living with us in the home, mm-hmm. raised practically, my, especially my younger brother, mm-hmm. uh, one woman in particular. Did so, you ever feel any resentment or anything of your friends for not, you not having what they had? 
No, I wasn't no. really material in that way. No, it didn't okay. uh, bother me. We, we, we seemed to have enough, you know. And you had a lot of love with your brothers and being around. Love with my brothers and friendly. Yeah. And, and yeah. South African well. life, uh, white South African life was very comfortable, okay. very friendly, you know, okay. going to the beaches on the weekends. So you didn't have very many wants? No. Yeah. No. I mean, sometimes, you know, mum would say, well, that's not going to happen in our Okay, okay, it's okay. It's not yeah. going to happen. Okay, okay. And the one thing she also did, she was struggling to get by. And, you know, when you go through the sort of 16-year-olds and your parents are out and you start the car and you take the car for a spin, she said, that's one thing you guys do not do. Because that car crashes. We're screwed. done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we and never, you didn't. Yeah. No, but we'd always be with their friends helping them push <laughs> their car. car. <laughs> get it out the way and just drive off to the party and... You know, turn up. Hey, we're cool. We're cool. You're good to go. You're good to go. So after the military, you traveled. You traveled quite a bit too, right? I spent a year. Yeah. One of the things I thought that this apartheid was not normal. I was beginning to question what was going on. I first heard of um, Biko was killed in '77, right? And, and after the '76 Soweto riots, first heard of Mandela at that time. I was 16 at the time, I guess. Um, started questioning things. Not enough to avoid the military. Um, Friends who uh, older would, would defer their studies to mm -hmm. go to university first would then be uh, conscientious objectors. And I had a couple of friends who did that and had to serve uh, civil prison time. South Africa made it a civil law to object to call up. And how much time would you spend if you broke the civil law? Time and a half of what you were due. So if you were due for two years of training plus another two, oh, I see. Oh, I see. plus another two years of camps you have to make up in ten years. So time and a half, and that's six years in prison you could get sentenced to for refusing your call up. Did you know anyone then? I knew people, not to do six, the first one was a year, and, okay. and I knew people who did that year. Okay. But um, by the time, it, I don't know if anyone actually served six by that time, mm -hmm. but it was, the, 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 the writing was on the wall. That mm -hmm. the was this might be a silly question. Yeah. Did they have any blacks in the military? They had Yes, to permanent have. force, yeah. People had signed they up. They were considered for a job. permanent. Well, you signed up, like a job. Like okay, you were okay. in the military, right? You, okay, yeah, I was in the Air Force. Just, I was in the Air Force. Yeah. No, I, I was drafted. During Vietnam. I'm okay. a little bit older than you, so you I was sure Vietnam. Are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't look a bit. <laughs> no, but yeah. so I was, I was right out of college. In my first year in college, I got draft notice, and we had a lot of people fleeing up to Canada yeah, right, and, right, right, and right, coming right. up with fake back reports because yeah. they didn't have Bones, CT scanners then. We didn't do that. I don't know. Maybe someone, yeah, I didn't hear about that one, but we heard about that. And some guys would try to be, um, pretend that they were of a different persuasion yes. you know yeah, well, and they would let some of them go some of them they'd say okay yeah. prove it <laughs> or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. so I went in I, I enlisted so some I enlisted of my friends um, did leave the country and go into exile um, Scandinavia was pretty big for accepting and and the Netherlands mm -hmm. a lot of uh, people would go to the Netherlands mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they could get refugee status mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. I had considered that uh, after my two years when I was when I was later I became more involved in the anti-apartheid struggle mm -hmm. then I was more um, Thinking about that, and but to, to to yeah, to go into prison for as many years just to see <laughs> Oh, you thought you could try to tough it off? Do the, <laughs> the conscience objection? Yeah, I, I, I thought about <laughs> it, but not that long, right? <laughs> uh, um, actually, one of my friends said, "Be done, be fucking crazy." <laughs> said, okay, it wouldn't won't. be fun. It's not. It's not. It's not a picnic. A, no, yeah. no, no, it's not fun times. Yeah, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. They were all. They 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 exempt. They pick up exempt. Arm. Yeah, no, not exempt. No. Oh, they went to jail. They were punished, yeah, the whole time, in jail. Or, yeah. Because I knew, I knew, um, one guy that was. They, they didn't have to go in the service because their religion doesn't allow them to take anything externally, so they don't take shots. And that was Christian Science, not Scientology.
for Christian science. They don't believe in shots, immunity, any of that. Mm -hmm. And in service, you have to take those shots. And they would let them become exempt. They didn't have to go in. But they'd have to verify that they were truly were right. Christian scientists. So anyway, so you yeah. you you finish that. So finish you that, and then when I realized, travel, I need to travel. get out of here. I need okay. to get out of here. So right. I told them I bought myself a one-year ticket, and I said I'm going to stay away a year. And I flew off to uh, Israel and worked on a kibbutz. I had a lot of friends who were Jewish, and actually the school I was at was a government school, but. We had a huge 35, maybe 40% of, of Jewish That's Christians. That's what you're telling me in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, a lot yeah, of Jewish lot of, people there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I went, I got connections. I went and turned up on a, a kibbutz, and I was going to be there for a month or so. But I ended up spending three months there. I, I just got into it. And then I thought, well, this is quite easy to sort of stay here doing nothing because you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to think, and everything's just very easy. So there were no classes or anything? It was just you just take care of your chores for that day? Yeah, you worked through it, assigned, you know, I worked in the chickens, or I worked in the, right. in the orchards. But you, they didn't have, like, classes for higher education or anything? No, right. no, 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 nothing. So you just did your chores, yeah. and after that, it was your time to do whatever yeah, you wanted to do. in the afternoon, and you just hung out with other volunteers. You were kind of separate from the people who lived in the kibbutz, the kibbutzniks, <laughs> they were called. We were the volunteers. Okay. So it was like second-class you, citizens. Yeah, right, right. You guys had police. So you guys hey, had I'd been in one council, right. Africa, so it was good to be on the other <laughs> side there, you know. So we just did that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so then, and then I moved around Europe mostly from there because with the South African passport at the time, I couldn't go to Eastern Europe, couldn't go to many places. I managed to weasel my way into Yugoslavia. Okay. Um, but nothing was stamped on my passport to allow to to show that. And they gave me this special pass. They kicked me off the train at the border first. I was traveling with an American woman at the time, and they, I said, "Oh, here we go." There's the guy came looking, waving these passports, looking for it because they usually had to hand your passports in. So then we, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I traveled through, went through Greece, sort of Yugoslavia, uh, Italy, sort of checking, you know, Europe on $5 a day, scrounging my food, right. going to places like the American Club where <laughs> people would hang out, you know, oh, you, are you finished with that? Thank you. <laughs> and no, you Literally. didn't. No, you didn't. Did you really? <laughs> sure did. You're in nice places, okay. Yeah. Well, you used to be, yeah, but you used to be in around wealth. I mean, there was something that was familiar to you too, anyway. And well, so that it did make me feel less. Pay, you feel less. No, That's what I'm saying. I'm so you, you know, <laughs> see, what I think the people that don't, that aren't grown up around that mm -hmm. and don't have access to it, it's 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 a bit intimidating. I would think. It's just like Possibly, most yes. people, they won't even go into a shop this high end if they don't think they can afford it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because if they haven't been around it and that's their dream, they just yeah. won't even do it. You're probably right. I was. Yeah. I didn't feel I could go with my torn jeans and shirt, t-shirt or something, and I'd walk in and I'd be able to equip myself, right. you know, responsibly and know what to do and say right. what to say because right. yes, I was fortunate enough to grow up with and you know how they, you know, and I know how that works. Yeah. That's right. Right, right. So then you decided to come to Japan after that. What made you decide? No, then, to I come came, then I went yeah. back to South Africa. South Africa, okay. And I went to university after that only. So I'd been out of school for three years, out of high school. So I was a bit of an older student. I sort of turned twenty in my first mm -hmm. year of, of, mm -hmm. of university. Um, I did a BSc in actuarial science. I uh, got my uh, university fees paid for. Then in South Africa, they have these things called a bursary. Mm -hmm. A company will pay for you, and you're going to go work for them. Okay. But they pay you same rate if you as, you would, if you, as if you would if you just applied for with the same qualifications. So I just had to work for them for for the three years that they'd paid for me to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to study. Okay. Um, and during that time, I kind of realized this wasn't for me, working in the actuarial department of a big life insurance company. Mm -hmm. It was okay. People say, oh, you must have hated it. No, I didn't hate it. I mean, Were I you the numbers. desk most of the time, or did you go out? 
knows it at a disk. No, you know, the whole time. Either we're in or we're in pensions or we're in, you know, we're just burning stuff. And um, basically, um, the actuaries ended up being the sort of the senior management and the general managers. They were always actuaries of the mm -hmm. most big life insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So to become a, an actuary was a lot of uh, after college studies, after university, we, there was more exams to write. Mm -hmm. I ended up not finishing that because mm. I knew that the last the last couple were very very difficult to do. Okay, okay. There's an article was right. Average time to take to become an actuary was seven point one years. So it's, it's and you said I'm not gonna. And I just didn't. I said no. I'm okay. not gonna do that because it's not what I want to do. I had met this, uh, picked up a hitchhiker once and she told me about this system of education called Montessori and it's just amazing and kids are free to do what they like to do and there's boundaries but there's freedom and it's all, so that sounds pretty interesting. I'd been thinking of education, mostly perhaps being a lecturer or something like that um, and I went and visited a school and it blew me away. I'd never seen anything like it and I said this is what I want to do. In South Africa? In South Africa. Okay. And I told my mom, and she said, oh, are you going to be a nursery school teacher? <laughs> because I said, well, put it like that, yes, I do. That's what I, I think. I don't know. I just know I don't want to be this actuary type person. Right. So, yeah. And I went to study in London. There's the, one of the places you could study. Mm -hmm. And on that course, I met a lot of people from all over the world. All over, and one of them happened to be a Japanese lady who I'm still married to today. Okay, you weren't married to her then. No, no, okay. we just met at, at, towards the end of the course and she came back to Japan and I stayed in London for a couple of years working. We did a long distance thing. Oh, so you, you, so you did start dating when you were in London? Right towards the end of the... the, the, the it's her time yeah, when she's about to yeah, leave. Yeah, we literally within about a month of her about going to leave, I think, yeah. Anyway, okay. You know, as I said to you once, I don't plan my life. I just happen. Things just fall. I know. Anyway, so, so just before she mm -hmm. left, we yeah got, okay. got together okay and then you had a long got to, we had we'd, we'd been you know speaking of course knew each other we were both quite into movies at the time and our, our romance was just seeing lots of movies at this sort of the everyman theater in Hampstead which was just the hip and cool man so that kind of stuff it was good and then she'd come over she was working at say Sam International School okay and she'd come over for holidays maybe once a year at least maybe twice and spend a long you know she had the summer holiday and we'd, we'd be together in the summer um, and then I said, okay, maybe I should try and come over here and see what that's like. Because uh, international school that she was working in, I was working in a local British school. Right. I think my first year, I saw, you know, 600 pounds a month I was getting. It's about a grand, right? about a thousand bucks. Anyway, I, I was able to live on it very mm -hmm. frugally. Mm -hmm. But she was telling me about this, you know, you can get a reasonable salary and it's quite good. And why not I come and try? So I came over with my backpack, my skateboard and 90,000 uh, yen. When year was that? 1991. 1991. Yeah, 1991. years ago. 1991, wow. And then I got the job at Shiragana, and I think I met you either in 91 or 92. It was 91. You were just right there. I was right Ponytail, the everything else. Yeah, you sure were. <laughs> you sure were. And I had my third son going to Shiragana. That was Lonnie. The no. one that just got married. But when I started, Lonnie wasn't there yet. I think Lonnie wasn't even born yet, man. Then I had Lewis there. You had Lewis there. Lewis, I, Lewis, I, Lewis was there, yeah. Lewis and Lance. And Lance, I didn't know. He'd been Lance, there before no, me, I think. He'd been there. No, he had, didn't. I think well, I didn't go there. No, he didn't. He okay. went to um, Unita, which is another wow. nursery school. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, because we helped them, hmm. I mean, we had him there. And then from there, I put him in the British school. I remember you were. I put him in ASIJ first, then the British school. 
Then I took Lonnie, he went to the British school, Lewis went to the British school. And, and then, then from the there. Philosophy, you thought the British school early had a good thing. Yeah. yeah, and then from there, then I had the home school, then they went back to the Japanese school, and then they went to international again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's Shiragani day. That was 91, when that's when yeah. I met you. Yeah. And you came with your I can. That's right, T-shirt and everything, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure did. And then we, we kept in, we didn't keep in contact, but I see you around. Yeah. And then the next thing I heard, you'd started your own Montessori program. That's right. So and, I worked... And it was at the Jewish Center, too. The Jewish Community Center. Jewish Community Center. Yeah. And I said, look at this guy, he's no joke. Yeah. I was thinking, because I didn't, you didn't say, it's not that we had coffee together or anything. I just saw you, spoke to you once and said hello. Found out you were South African. We talked to you, were pleasant, but you, did, you, weren't never work, you were never working with my kids. No, no, I wasn't. I was working with Keiko Shoji and yeah, then this Indian right. woman and stuff, but I never yeah. worked with you. And then I think, you reminded me, but once I was taking you somewhere for some reason. We were driving around a bit. Driving around. Time. I, you know, the, the my why? day was quite easy then. I don't, you know, we were finishing school. Yeah. Or maybe I must, I probably saw you then and said, yeah, let's get together yeah, sometime get and have yeah. coffee. And we that's what we did. Went, yeah. yeah. And you let me just and you regurgitate all my feelings yeah, it was awesome, out though. and stuff. I was and I figured I'd never see this guy again anyway, so why not? <laughs> so maybe yeah, all the secrets you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not going to see him again. And that's yeah. something I used to do. Yeah. I okay. know people wouldn't be here long. And I'd befriend them just before they leave, and then say, "Boo!" And what do you think? You bounce some ideas off them. Yeah. yeah, and just see what they thought. You ended up staying. You're still here. I'm still here. <laughs> still here. Yeah. And I always came to all of the stuff you've watched. It's been you. You've been here through both of our journeys. I've been watching yeah. you. You've been watching. watching it's been yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, so after two years, I worked at Shiragane. Um, I met. Uh, I started doing Tai Chi, and my Tai Chi instructor was an Israeli guy, and his wife had this little three morning a week daycare at the JCC and she was leaving him and her they were leaving to go back to Israel and you know he wanted someone to take on over his Tai Chi business and, and she was looking for someone to take over the this business this little play group mm -hmm. so one of uh, the person who was working at the time she said you know they, I'd, I'd like you to do this with me she was also doing Tai Chi with them so I thought oh it'd be great and so she said well they want to sell this this school I said well no absolutely no money so she's don't worry I, I've been saving a lot I'll pay for your half so she made us 50 50 partners in a school with 100% of her money and I paid her back over a period of about 18 months isn't that amazing isn't that beautiful well she could see something in you obviously so would your wife do with all this what she's she was sense? working at say Sen. okay because of that, our kids were able to go to the internationals. Well, right. the choice was say Saint or Saint Mary's, and we had a boy mm -hmm. and a girl, so that's what mm -hmm. they did. Mm -hmm. And then she uh, stayed there until they graduated. No, 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 no. Because no. she came and started working with you. Yes. So after a while, um, the school started doing well, and then my partner left, the the fifty percent partner. And I said, well, what about this? She said, well, I'd like you to buy it from me. And I said, well, we same position again. I've got no money. She said, same deal. Just pay when you get it. She did it again. This one was Israeli. It was Israeli, yeah. Okay. Wow. So she really helped me. Put That's because you've been the in the kibbutz and everything else, and she. Yeah, really, and then and I you could speak up to the JCC. You knew some of the things there. Like Jonah, you know, yeah, you like knew some Hebrew. You could do yeah. it right, right. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. And if you did everything right, yeah, yeah. you could bring her. <laughs> so that was her. And then, um, and then I, then I carried on, and then you know, the, the school, um, sort of just 
built a good reputation, small school. It is, uh, no, it did, people. it most definitely did, because people would yeah. ask me, yeah. because the gymnastics program, right. where I thought was good, and I would always recommend Montessori well, as one of them. Well. Yeah, I did. Because, no, I, your reputation was good. It's not because I'd gone to it, right. it's because of what I was hearing, and people mm -hmm. would tell me. Mm -hmm. They'd say, no, it's not for everyone, but for who it is for, it's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And he does a good thing. I remember when you were giving the classes for the, the parents, at the place you have over here. They were telling me all this, because some of them were the people in my program there. And I'm thinking, wait, I can teach the same thing. <laughs> he said, no, he does it early in the morning. He gets the dads together sometimes and says, uh, look. Oh, yeah. Yes. We said that and I said, well, what does he say? <laughs> I said, is, it, is it conflicting with the stuff? I tell you, the I can policy, mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah, we used to have the Montessori power breakfast. That's right. The working dads, and they said they felt disconnected. So I said, okay. What you got them connected. At seven o'clock in the morning. We meet from seven till eight. Just How many people? What, what kind of groups would you get? Like five or six. Yeah, but it was good, huh? And they were serious, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, the ones who wanted to find yes. And I would tap into them. You know, I basically would say, well, how does business work? I've never seen myself as an entrepreneur. One guy said once to me, he said, Pete, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, no, I don't think so. He said, yeah, you've got your own little business. You, you should come and talk. And I said, well, what would I talk about? He said, well, your strategic plan. And I said, <laughs> my strategic plan is what shall we do tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. So it was interesting to hear people get advice from people. I mean, you're a big one on that. You right. ask for people, love to give advice. Don't they? And nobody and ever asks them to really want to know it. No, and sometimes people think, I want to do it by yourself. No one does anything by themselves. They all want recognition. They all want to be heard. And no one wants to, you know, someone said, oh, he did it all by himself. Really? No, no. Probably no, not. You no. know, it might be, he did a lot by himself, but everyone has mentors, advice. And he's not doing it for the first time. It's been done before. Yes. And it's been done yeah. again. It's done again. It, you know, no. Yeah. So then stayed at the JCC for about, um, I think I was there for seven years in total. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then the idea was to get bigger. Someone said, hey, you know, so many people yeah. want to come and you've right, got this right. great big waiting list. And it's so obvious, but it only took me, it, it took a while to work out. The great big waiting list, you remember in the day when it was impossible to get into school. That's right. right? They could you, you just turn you in a heartbeat, yes. Yeah. And everyone says, well, there are all these weightlessness. It's like, yes, but it's the same 50 people in every single preschool. That's what it was, exactly. So I'll start the new place, rent, splash down, you know, get a new place. The one in, by Nishimachi. Uh, no, not quite there. It was, it was close. It was in Minamiyazabu as well, but it was, it was a two-level school. I don't think you ever I went never, there. I never no. went to that one, no. And so at that one, I had you know, doubled the space, have two classrooms. And you know all the people on the waitlist—they're not there anymore, obviously, because they ran into yeah. the school. So yeah. it took a little while to build that up, that a bit. But then, once we'd built that up, then the business really took. Was your wife with you yet? Not yet. No, she's not yet. still at Saints. Okay, so who was your partner there? Um, Do you have one? I didn't have a partner. No, it was okay, all mine. But I had people working with me. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Naoko, who you remember? Naoko, yes. She still works. You know, her daughter went all the way through Nishimachi. She still works at still NSG. There. Yeah, yeah, still there. Yeah. Even with the new with the new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we're going to get to that part eventually yes. where you're at now. So, to the how long were you there? How long were you there? In that building, probably about three or four years. And while I was there, I met someone who was interested in starting an elementary school, and. Because we at the time just went up from you know just from three to six, so we'd gone a bit younger, about two and a mm -hmm. half to six year olds. Mm -hmm. And most of the kids would leave to do the kindergarten year in in, in the big international schools. Mm -hmm. And that I remember at TAC they used to have the preschool roundup, right? Always, and yes. And you'd be, be there, be there, have your little booth. And some guy came up to me and he said, uh, "Are you a, are you a preschool or kindergarten?" And I said, "Yes." because I've never heard of this kindergarten terminology. Oh, you hadn't? No, well, kindergarten comes from the German, which means okay. garden of children. Okay. And it's for 
children from three to six years old. I didn't know it came from German. <laughs> German. Yeah, totally. The U.S. have taken kindergarten to mean the year before first grade. That's right. You see, you said like it's natural. It's not natural anymore. Really? I've I've accepted it now because right. Japan. So what do you have? What do you have in in South Africa? What do you kindergartens from three years old to six or before you go to first? Grade. Oh, from three years old. Yeah. Well, that's what we have. What are you talking? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Because they don't call them all kindergartens. They call that last year kindergarten in America, the five-year-old year. That's right, wait. That's yeah. oh, no, I know that. No, you yeah, had to be five to get in. Yeah. Preschool. We didn't have a preschool when I was growing up. Yeah, no, that's there was true. no pre parents. Your mommy yeah. who stays at she home, was the preschool. Yeah. she's a preschool. Yeah. You didn't have preschool, and, yeah. and my father put me in a year too early, which I suggest you never do to a boy. No, you don't. No, I had the same thing. Really? That I was, was a year younger than my friends, at and school. and it's so devastating. I mean, even Both today, I can tell hard. sometimes yeah. I was weaker <laughs> emotionally. So not as mature, because yeah. the older they got, the smarter they were. Mm -hmm. The girls never wanted to be with me, because I was a skinny one. I was a skinny little kid, you know, I was a skinny yeah. little kid. But isn't that, yeah. four, yeah, I, and I made sure all of my sons were a year older in all their grades. So there's a name for that in the States. They call that red shirting. It was a big thing. It's called what? Red shirting. Red shirting? Red shirting. How is that red shirting? It's because you know your kids are going to be... Okay. So what they do, it was came after Malcolm Gladwell wrote his Outliers thing. Okay, and I read the outliers, yes. Okay. So all the hockey players who were really good at hockey in Canada in the league, you remember that? Yes, now I, Their yes. Their birthdays were after September. Right, right. So they had to wait a year. They turned six very early in kindergarten. Early, they right. turned seven very early in, in right, first grade. Right, 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 right. So then kids were, then parents were doing what you, they did a red shirt. When, even if it's a July birthday, right. pull them back. Pull them back. So you'd be the biggest. Seven. That's right. Yeah, because... At that age, as you say, physically, this, you're the not more the best mature sportsman, this. you're just bigger and stronger and that's faster. That's right, that's right. So you get that's the all first, it takes. And they, the best coaching. And you're right. Yeah. They and consider you, you the leader. They always yes. put everything on you. Yeah. So I told my wife, which was hard to do because she's Japanese, yeah, why well, put him back? I said, trust me on this. Mm. Just trust me because I know what it feels like to be the youngest. Yeah. Don't be that guy. And all of my sons thought they, didn't, they led their classes. <laughs> they led their classes. What could I say? It worked. It worked. It worked. Good for you. So this yeah, was the except for Lucian, because Lucian was in his proper grade. He's the only okay. one. Yeah. yeah. Was he the youngest one? Busy, but he had three older brothers to keep yeah, him too. So he, you, he was you, good. You're tired of being a parent of that. He was good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, whatever, whatever, whatever. Those guys grow up the best because they don't have all your. You don't make all your mistakes. Don't you? That. Don't you tease parents because both of us are in the parent business with the kids dealing with them. When they come in, and you can tell. I always ask. I said, this is your first child, and you can usually tell because they're still looking at them, seeing if they're breathing, counting all their digits. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's second or third, I say, is that your child? They say, w which one? Yeah. They, they don't care less. It's because I got one good yeah. one. <laughs> I don't care what the second one. Especially yeah. if they're the same sex. Oh, right. If they're two different sexes, they, the they put yeah. the same kind of attention, basically, yeah. on them. Yeah. yeah, it's like our, my, our, our daughter, this, who's the younger one, you know, Sean, right. probably yes. better than Kimmy, maybe. Well, maybe, but both of them. Yeah. They knew Shani when she was, right. yeah. Anyway, um, she always looks at the photo albums. The stack of the first ones. <laughs> Whoops. She would be glad she wasn't the third. Yeah. They been, you say, we got it. Didn't we take pictures of that? I thought we did. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So when the guy came around to start the elementary school, um, I was like, well, if I'm ever going to try it, let's do it now. And the kids at that time were at Seisen and St. Mary's, because Marika was still teaching there at Seisen, so they could, we could afford that. Um, and then we thought, okay, well, let's bring them over here. So we pulled them out 
to start the first elementary class. And then Your kids were among the first? They were the first class, yeah. There were five of them. Two, my two kids and three kids of the teacher who retired. <laughs> but they were the first five. Uh, okay. Campaign students. And you took them how far? Uh, fr from six, uh, six years old to 12, first to sixth grade. You yeah. actually t got, so you built it up? I wasn't the teacher, no. I no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that was the school. And this other guy had come in, um, he was a Japanese guy, he'd been living abroad for a while. A silent day. partner, or was he? No, 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 he was involved, he was kind of doing the business and things, and he, and he, was, quite, he was quite into being involved in the school. Small business, you know, we worked together for nine years, and the last... We said, let's do a three-year assessment. The first three years was great. Everything's growing. The second three years, like, mm, mm, you know, but okay, well, let's just keep going and see how it goes because things were going well. And then after the 2008 Lehman's crash and then the earthquake in 11, then financially things were not going so well because all the foreigners were leaving. So then the issues come right to the fore because you can't just... Paper well, it's, anymore, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, well, we're still doing okay financially, so we can live with it when we're not doing okay financially. And so, we, yeah, it didn't work out. We, we separated. And I went alone. I had to, I mean, I had to buy him out in the mm -hmm. end. That was obviously what he needed. What mm -hmm. wanted was some cash, so managed to do that. Um, and, yeah, I think mostly the school went from strength to strength after that. Mm. It was, it, was, it was, you know, easier to, because I kind of st acted probably a little bit, um, like just made all the decisions because I didn't feel he knew education, because he didn't, he hadn't okay. studied education, okay. uh, but he wanted to be more involved in education and I didn't really give him an opportunity. If I look back on it, what okay. I did wrong, if I'd wanted right. him to stay, but right, at the end right. of the day, it might not have worked out just from personality. You know, small businesses often, that's what happens, right? There's it's like a marriage. Yeah. I, the thing I think that people don't think of their marriages a lot of times they forget that that person that you're marrying in most cases has been without you for 20 years at least they didn't have you in their life mm. and all of a sudden you're going to get with them and they're supposed to compromise all mm. the way they've been and vice versa mm. that's why it's I think it's, it's got to be two well, ways it's got to be two ways so it's mine I felt he didn't know the education so mm -hmm. I just leave that part to me and then He'd like to, he wanted to. But anyway, long story, it didn't work. So then mm. once he was gone, then, yeah, we managed to pay back all debts and things. and just. Your wife was with you by then? Um, not yet. She was not quite yet, okay. I think. Uh, you see, I'm kind of trying to pull her in. I'm kind of trying to pull her in. When we started, <laughs> no, when we started the elementary school, that's correct. That's when she... Because the kids know in other schools now, so she so can once leave. kids came to us. That's great, she was, so, she was there. Uh, and actually, for a while... Um, when we were doing okay, she did. She quit Seisen and started a small little program called Little People, and it was just a mornings only program in our home in in Sedagaya. Okay. And she she loved doing that, and so she did that. And then when we moved uh, to the the big space in in actually the first year we were in Azerbaijan, and then she'd stopped. We should close the Little People. Uh, but she was bored, so she said, "Has you got anything to do?" I said, "We've got plenty to do. <laughs> we started in a school." So she came and and started helping again. Okay. So that was she retired for about three days, and that was her back in work again. Mm. <laughs> and so the, yeah, so we worked together for the last ten ten years together right. at least. And that was just past ten, the last ten years. Yeah, yeah, and then I was I was getting tired. I was trying to like you know the school was still doing well. We had people working, still had a decent reputation, um, and so I was trying to do a little bit less and hire people to do the things I didn't want. I never thought of that myself. <laughs> I had to take some, he was an executive coach and he was right, a parent so. and he said, you know, let me do some work with you. And he said, 
you know, you don't have to do it. Well, who, he said, some people don't think that's a crappy thing to do. You do. That's right, because you've said, done this for so long. Yeah. And, and, and he said, but you can hire right. people to do that. So I basically hired a few more, but started stepping down a little bit and grooming people to sort of take over and stuff. Um, and then I was approached by someone who also runs a school in, in Tokyo. He said, would you ever think of selling your school? And I said, I, I don't know. I didn't know one could sell a school. What's that mean? And let's find out. And then that took a whole process of meeting as I, I had an advisor who was helping me and he would always t term the people who were interested uh, suitors. Mm -hmm. If you were not a suitor, you need to meet. Okay. So for me, the legacy was kind of important. I didn't want to leave. That's your only yeah. true baby. Yeah. And you get um, right. some sort of venture capital people come in. One guy's representing. But they're thinking about something different. They just got to focus and I said, mm, okay, that's no, not going to work. So mm -hmm. eventually... Um, Someone came in um, who I actually knew um, and through, you through Squash, and stuff, right. uh, but we didn't know. Did you have? He knew interest? I had a school, but I didn't know he was interested in the okay. school. And then our brokers put us together, and he said to the guy when the guy described his school, he said, "I know that guy. That's Pete Judd's school." And he goes, "Well, how did you know that?" And my guy called and said, "Do you know this guy?" I said, "Yeah, I know this guy." Yeah. How do you know him? He said, no, "He's the he's the guy." I said, "What guy?" The guy. And I said, "Oh, okay." And then I saw he said, "Hey, so we do we need those brokers? Yeah, we better keep them because you already have them. We've got right? the contract. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. fair enough. And they were still helpful, of course. Well, mine was particularly because yeah. I don't do the Japanese very well right, after right, all these right. years in Japan. Yeah. One of mine, not great necessarily, but the disappointment a little bit. I don't, I don't speak better Japanese after. So well, you don't years. have a need to. Yeah, you get to know the people a bit better and the culture. And you get would to you? Feel it. Would you really? <laughs> I don't. I mean, it it would help your ego, maybe. Maybe. And the thing I found that Japanese helps me when I go on my trips, my motorcycle trips every summer, because people don't speak English, mm. so I have to, and it makes me feel so good. But if I don't feel like I need to be that much better. Okay. Because if I am, then what's the joy in the people I'm speaking to? I like them feeling they need to speak a little bit, and, uh, you know, because they have, they and they do, know, they and they yeah. love it, mm. and they've gone home, they go home, and I know that, I just talk to a foreigner. Now, mm. if I speak in Japanese, it's just, it's just too much of an enigma to be, for what? Maybe. And, you know, it's making it, if, if I'm from any different tribe in Africa, mm. and I don't have that accent, mm. it's not, you're not going to feel the same way as the experience you would be expecting. Possibly. You know, Italian person. Yeah. Because he says, yo, man, what's <laughs> wait just a minute. But I was raised by black people, so <laughs> no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Anyway, That's so uh, he was helpful for that. And it, it took a while, you know. It's not, not that quick to do these things and to find out. Also, the, you know, selling the, I, I like to say, I, I sold the stock in the school. I didn't really sell the school. I'm still part of the school. The school's still a part of me. I, the, this guy, he said, Pete, stay on as long as you want and come on. So you have stock in the school? No, I had. Oh, and you I sold it. Sold it. Okay, so you just, okay. And he did say, do you, want to, do you want to keep some? And I said, no, I'd rather be all out. If I'm not controlling it, I'm a bit of a control freak now. So, so no, I got you. I didn't want to do that. But um, I have my, my heart and emotion in the school and my wife does too. And we have a contract with the guy still, another over two years to go still, of giving advice and assisting and... and, and you know, helping adding value where we can, um, and very you know comfortable relationship. The first two years after the, the I sold the stock, I was the head of school, mm -hmm. and we announced it. But a lot of people know, yeah. don't really read stuff. You know, right. we didn't tell people. But, but even if they did, you kept them informed. They know. I kept them informed. The idea though was to to make the transition smooth. You know, and not have. Right. It can happen that people will just pull See. off and, and right. you know, just oh, 
I don't like You're not going to be here anymore, right? Yeah, You're not going to yeah. be here. I don't want to. Yeah. But for, as I said, I think before that, I had started stepping down a little bit to let um, other people become more the face of the school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I was still the figurehead, as it were, the, um, with not doing much operationally un- until the nasty COVID kicked in. Mm-hmm. That was my last six months of head of school. And then after that, wait, and, and as so soon as it kicked in, you were still head of school. I was head of school. It was from, I think, 2018. So mm-hmm. I stayed head of school for two years, so till 2020. But the last, the first six months of 2020 was the whole COVID. Right. And so then I got more, I had to be. Well, actually, one of the parents came to me and said, Pete, people need to hear your voice, man. Get out there and start talking. Because I was just leaving the announcements to general kind of things. And so then I came back a little bit more. Um, but the team, honestly, one thing I, someone said, you know, how, you, you seem to have quite a successful school. So I said, well, I've got two things. One, I've been very lucky to be in the right place at the right time. And two, I think I hire good people. And that helped me build my school. And I left with good people. I made sure that everyone had, you know, everyone could sign as long contracts up to three. If you want a three-year contract, give you one right now. And I told the new guy, this is how it's going to happen. This is going to be the head of school. This is what this, you've, you've, this is what you want. I'll keep it like this and you'll be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's his school, he can do whatever he wants with it, of course. Right, right, of course. But he's not trying to... He loves Montessori. He didn't know he was looking for Montessori, but when he found our school, he was just blown away with what it is. He's an entrepreneur. He wants to build entrepreneurial um, sort of mindsets in Japanese people. He wants to shake up the Japanese. This is a Japanese person? He's um, bicultural, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, like our kids are. So yeah. I think his, dad, his dad's Australian. And okay. Yeah. Mom's Japanese, yeah. Yeah. So he grew up, yeah, he's, he's on, in Japanese. Yeah, right, right, um, right. But he, um, yeah, he's, so he's very enthused about what we're doing and how we're doing it. Okay. No pressure on, right. you know, looking, he's not just looking for a return. I would look, mm-hmm. he, he wants, he needs to. to you of know, course, he needs to he keep needs it in business, yeah. Of course, it's in business. But it's not, he want, doesn't want to impact. He doesn't want the education and the pedagogy to be based on how much money. Right, right, so right, he's right. very, very good with that. Right, right. Um, and I think you know when he meets parents, he's he's, he's good. He's, people get excited, uh, staff are excited by what his ideas are. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. And uh, but he's hands off in terms of operation. So he still wants me to be a little bit play that role for him. For and you're doing that. You're going to uh, some, yeah. Okay, yeah okay. I mean, in my time. So um, that's what you. What do you have? So now that you've gotten yourself away even yeah. though you're still going to be helping mm. that gives you a lot more time to do mm. other things and what, do you mind sharing some of those other things you yeah so my big thing uh for the past i guess five years or so american um, i've been supporting a, an ngo in south africa and when i told you way back when the hitchhiker told me about montessori and i went and visited the montessori school mm-hmm. in cape mm-hmm. that person there i was reconnected with the first school i ever saw because uh, she was starting this non-profit thing to help uh, develop Montessori schools in rural parts of South Africa. She never left. Nothing. She never left. She was still there all oh, the time. That's yeah. neat. That's neat. And um, so we started supporting this, you know, because we we, uh, we set up a little non-profit here, my wife and a, a, a foundation, which is like, it's like this way, Ifan Shalom Hojin. Okay. And was able to, you know, ask, ask, ask families who knew I knew. I didn't really want to push it with the school and anything like that, particularly now it's not mine, but so people who knew would donate and we got with that and we'd send the donations through some, some very generous donations as well from certain people who mm-hmm. say, oh, I really like that. Yeah. And people who've got, you know, there's people with means. So that's mm-hmm. 
Um, so we've been supporting that, and and uh, you know some of our own money as well. But we've been supporting that for a while. And then I wanted to get more uh, hands-on. So about two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe no, three years ago actually, I went to, to visit uh, one of these uh, this training center, uh, and it's in a place called uh, Coffee Bay, which is in an area I think I mentioned. You did, before. you did, yes. It's the Maguli. Uh, Do that again, so everyone can really well, hear that. It's Do really it hard. It's Do it again. A, it's that's a like that Maguli. Maguli. Um, yeah, that's very good uh, area, um, and of 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 the eastern uh, province of of South Africa, the Eastern right. Cape, and um, there are now there's a small training center there, and we tr we train teachers. And when we started uh, supporting them, they were they just finished their fourth school, and there now are seven schools which they've um, seeded basically. We don't start the schools at all. We train the teachers, they also get uh, a qualification which is recognized by the government mm -hmm. so they can get funding and then they can then start a school. They need to find land. They usually ask the chief because it's still very rural. The chief owns all the land. It, that's just how it is. Chief always owns. Traditional chiefs are recognized by the new constitution in South Africa as well. Mm -hmm. They still own all the land. So you've got to ask the chief and he'll say, okay, there's an empty one. You can use that for your school. And they've... Um, there are seven that they've, we've seeded, and then there's two more that have asked our group to uh, oversee them because mm -hmm. they've been funded by either missionaries or people who've also tried to find schools mm -hmm. in the area. Do you know what the overall goal is? I mean, of course, to educate people, but I mean, how massive do you think? Where's going to be the tipping point? So it's, it's small schools um, of anywhere between six, and the biggest school we have is, is has 62 classes or three classes of 20 children each, so mm -hmm. it's 60 kids there. So the idea is not to get bigger, really, although the kids are getting older. And so some of the people are like, well, we want our kids to, to keep going to this Montessori system. So they're just in the process of doing an elementary school. Well, they've had one for a while, but they haven't been find a proper trained Montessori teacher. Mm -hmm. It's very out of the way. It takes ages to get there. The last 70 kilometers to get there takes about two and a half hours, I think, just because of potholes and roads. Mm -hmm. and I think it's two and a half, an hour and a half, maybe. I'm exaggerating. I think it's an hour and a half. It's, it's, a, it's a long way to get there. So do you so see yourself going there to help out with that? Or yeah, I was there recently, but I didn't get to be there, unfortunately, because COVID's just shut that place down and, and the training wasn't allowed mm -hmm. to take place. But I was in South Africa hoping to go and train people for a month, mm -hmm. but I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I would like to be there at least once a year, if not twice a year. So that's the plan? That's the that is what I'd like to do, yeah. Okay. I, how I'm going to realize that, I don't know. Because I mean, I'm still working here, obviously, you know, right. helping out here. Although I can advise from wherever I am, of course, That's true. and, and yeah. the new owner is very, as I said, very generous with time for me. Mm -hmm. he's, he's not trying to pin me down to hours in a day or mm -hmm. days in a month or anything like mm -hmm. that. Just, you know, if he's got some help, needs some help or thinks I can add my expertise to something. Right. Your kids are out of, out of house now, aren't they? Yes, yeah. they are. So where are they? Do you mind me asking? No, I mean, my daughter's in South Africa. She's in South Africa, yeah, right? She's been there for about two years. Right. Um, she's... Uh, we never registered her as a South African citizen. So she's just Japanese. So being she's Japanese there, there, but she's she's can be visa issue. She's trying to get her citizenship now as a late registration, and of course everything's shut down because of COVID. Right, of course. So all they do is they extend all the visas. They just announce. They say, okay, all the visas which are expired. You can't renew a visa. You can do nothing. You can do nothing. Just so you're just there. Down. You're just there. So yeah. she's just there. It's hard to work for her because some of the people say, well, "What's your ID number?" She's like, "Oh, you can't work here." So that's so she's sort of doing. You know, casual and on the, on the sort of casual employment section, mm -hmm. finding odd jobs here mm -hmm. and there. 
Um, and my son is, um, you know, he went to film school in LA and he's a skateboarder at heart, still is passionate about it. He was a good baller too, he played basketball, he was really he good. Was, he was very athletic, he was, he was good at soccer, he, was, he played, he played yeah. varsity basketball, he played yeah. varsity soccer. That's right. Um, anyway, he's, um, his passion is, is uh, kind of art and design and, and, and fashion and graphic design and movie making and all that. So he's, he's got together like a collective of, of a group of guys with various skills and they like to put on events and that. Okay. Um, but to pay the bills, he has to work in a, he works retail. Sells, he's doing sells, it, yeah. yeah. He hasn't enjoyed how long it. Has he, how long has he been there? Uh, over two years now, over I two think. Years. Yeah. Okay. So he was in LA trying to make it there, but he couldn't get residency there in LA. We tried, you know. Paid the lawyer and lived in his application and that, but it didn't come through. So he came back, and he loved the states, so he really wanted to stay there. But now he's so he's here. He's here in Japan. Yeah, but he stayed. He has his own place. He's yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little bit bigger than this little basement. All right. All right. That's <laughs> how you need. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Most definitely. When you're twenty, that's what you're you do. That's, that's right. What that's you right. Do. That's <laughs> what you do. Wow. So, yeah. so anything else that you have that you wanna. That you, that you have on the table that you're on the table now? that you're pursuing because you're quite well, the, the squash player I know that I don't know well, if you're keeping it up. I just play a lot you play a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah I enjoy that um, so yeah doing that I'm enjoying uh, having more time I guess to not do that yeah. um, the new head as I said he I worked with him for 17 years he was the assistant head of school for the last six of those he really knows my mind so he said Pete you can come here to give me advice, but I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I'm the head of school now, pal. So I say, yeah, you're the head of school. You're right. So if you need me, here I am. So he doesn't really. I mean, he does. Of course, he'll call me and say, hey, what about this? What, what would your advice be? Of course, he's be? still passive by you. And I give the advice, and he can take it or not, which is That's really right. nice for me. I That's don't have nice. the stress. So, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's really good at what he does. Um, I think he's far more of a, a planner and, a, and a, a sort of an overt leader than, than I ever was. Mm -hmm. I just kind of do my thing and hey you want to come with me this is what we're doing, we're doing yeah, yeah. whereas he's more like I think we're going to do this this and this and he puts it in place and he's got mm -hmm. there's some very good people there now I didn't I can't take credit for all of them they've since him who are him I hired but <laughs> other people have be obviously been hiring people now and, and they, the team still is it seems to be a very efficient and good team but you know school it's getting bigger because um, the new guy he wants to start a high school the new owner so the high school is the next. Is it the same day. location that it was before? We're gonna be no. We have to find some other space. But that's where you are. You're still in the same place. We're still there, the just near Nishi. Just right, 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 yeah, 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 right. yeah, still there. And we've got uh, three different buildings now. The one's right opposite, and we've got another campus which is about six minute walk away. Uh -huh. Yeah. So where the, where we now house the the middle school, which is okay. growing. So we've had a middle school for about five years now, which has been around, uh, but it's never been more than I think fourteen students has been the highest in there. Mm -hmm. so but it's okay. They do amazing stuff. The middle school is really awesome. So the next thing that I, I guess is is the high school. I'd like to, I'm really intrigued to see how it is that because I've seen quite many high schools around, mostly in the States and, and one in, where did I see one in, in Prague? I think we were there for a Montessori thing. Mm -hmm. But um, generally, uh, they're not that common. Um, you know, three to six is the most common Montessori That's classrooms. Right. Yes, yes. Earlier than that, they're quite common as well. Uh, elementaries, the most elementary schools in most big cities, middle schools, you could be fine. High schools still few and far between. Mm -hmm. So interested to see how it's very much like a, a, a college, to be quite honest, when they're in high school. Mm -hmm. Very independent. Right, right, right. You, you you know, kids sometimes come, come from another school, so 
what must I do today? What, are we what do you do? want to do today? Yeah, exactly. What do exactly. You want to do today? Yeah. So they're Maybe here to follow their passion, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We do that. Yeah. Nice. I'm kind of familiar with the Montessori yeah, system yeah, yeah, yeah. and watch. Stuff, yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's so most definitely a different way. That's um, what we do, what what we're doing now is is looking towards that. But mm -hmm. we we need a, a, a stable base. Mm -hmm. You know, the I think the idea was to start it very quickly, and I said, you know, you can't start a high school if you've got 13 kids or 12 kids in your middle school. We need to have like. 40 to 50 kids first to be able to. Otherwise, because they, they, we get so many foreigners and people are That's right, they leave, they leave, yeah. yeah. You just so and, and I think we're going to be, I, I'm not sure really, with a lot of discussions, but the, the high school probably is going to be much more bilingual, uh, mm. or a bilingual school as opposed to an international school with a few Japanese kids. I see. Because they're the ones that That's stay. right, they th th tell me about it. They'll come you in can and only depend stay. upon that, that's yeah. your base. That's the base. That's what you have to do. Do you plan on staying in Japan? Indefinitely, or do you see yourself going back to South Africa sometime in your life, taking your wife with you, or saying we have a long-distance relationship again? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Um, my wife's a Tokyo lady, man. She's a Tokyo woman through and through. You would love to? I would love to go to South Africa, I think. Is that right? Yeah. The latter years of your but life. But who's that band, you know? The really big metal band. I forget. My woman from Tokyo. Is that the song? Yeah. And she just loves Tokyo. She, yeah, she's, she's born she's and raised born here. Born and raised, yeah, just outside, but kind okay. of and, and, and yeah, okay. went to school here and spent five years in Australia as a kid. That's why English is fluent because she went to international schools. Um, so my daughter's in South Africa, and she said, "Come on, bring mom and Kimmy, bring him over this week." She loves it there. She wants to live there. So we'll see. Um, Probably do the, if we can afford to do both, you know, we'll do right. here, six months here, something yeah. like that. And we're not leaving now, we, we bought property finally after all these okay. years. We bought. And I think you gave me some advice once. What did Don't I? buy anything, just rent. Here. We rent everything on this here. earth. Yeah. Here. It's all on rent. Yeah. It's all on loan. That's what you said, even it's your body. A, you know, I like, I, like hearing, I like hearing from people that I've talked to a long time ago to see how consistent. Your messages. And my messages, and am I still following it? Mm. But I find they're, they're very simple messages, and I, st I don't know how to, I'm, mm. I'm too dumb to realize <laughs> <laughs> anything else in life, so I'm pretty consistent. I try to be. Yeah. What I do, I try to follow what I say, because that's the best way to raise your kids. Yeah. Show by example, son. This is it. Yeah. My sons made me, they didn't make me, but I got tired of them coming over to the house, to our apartment, taking their clothes off, except for their boxer trunks, <laughs> and showing this lean cut body with no fat on it, around my wife. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that, see? So, so I got myself nice and lean now. Mine doesn't quite as tightly packed, but still, okay. I'm lean enough to feel good. To walk around in your boxes. To walk around in my boxes if I want to. <laughs> and it takes that. I think you gotta show. You, you probably cut that one out there, I, mean, right? I might have to cut that. I might have to cut that out, because you, whatever. Um, yeah, so I think the future is probably the, what the, the swallow, you know, because we get the, the summertime there is That's December, right. January, February, man. It's just awesome. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. And long distance, I think, yeah, we did a little bit. It was tough. Uh, this last time I was away from my wife for quite oh, a while. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, she stayed where you were. She stayed, yeah. We've got a very old dog who needs a lot of care. And he needs nice family member. you got to keep yeah, him over. He has to get, yeah, he gets, we give him a shot twice a week and stuff like this. So he's sort of a, wow. he's, a bit, he's very old. But anyway, he's hanging in there. So mm. we'll see. 
Auntie. Pete, I want to yeah. thank you for taking the time to do this with me. Absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. You're, a little, you're a little tense, but I want you to be more relaxed. Next time, I, I say this with some of the people, let's do it over some yeah. beer, some alcohol or something. Do that first. So it'll be the next one. And do it while we're doing it, while we're okay. talking. Because you're not teaching at school anymore. I mean, it's done. You can't put, put on a collar shirt, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I had to put on one, too. I had to put yeah. on one, too, because we, we have to have a collar. Yeah. And if I'm going to yeah. have lunch before, yeah. you can't do it without yeah. a collar. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be in what I'm usually in. Exactly. I prefer that. Okay. I want to thank all of you for watching this. And if you have any questions, any comments, please post them down on the bottom. Pete wants to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Like this video or this podcast and also subscribe. We look forward to hearing from you soon and look forward to the next one.